Welcome to Chalk Bucket Radio, episode five today. I discuss what is RX, what is prescribed mean for workouts, everything from a stimulus standpoint to volume of repetitions, load, intensity, and all that. Enjoy. Chalk Bucket Radio. Welcome to Chop Bucket Radio. Your host is my dad. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. How's everybody doing today? We're here for episode four and had a little vacation, if you will, or hiatus for a couple weeks. And I'm back on the mic and it feels really good. I do appreciate the handful of y'all that have asked about episodes and uh, kind of check to see when the next one was coming in. Um, I know there's a lot of other podcasts and a lot of things that you can listen to and spend your time, um, you know, filling your ears and your car speakers with. And I appreciate taking the time to listen to me. Um, so in today's episode, we're going to talk um, mainly just about one topic. And that topic is what is RX or prescribed workouts in the sense of a CrossFit workout. And so the the context of the conversation is going to be mainly centered around my gym. Um, and uh, But you can apply these concepts and these ideas regardless of where you're at. So what is RX? So the history of RX, um, back in the day, pre what a lot of people will call pre-Bach, which is pre-Reebok in the CrossFit world, um, a term RX was utilized on CrossFit.com's main site um, whenever you would post your workouts. So maybe even explaining that in better detail would be useful. So back in the early days of CrossFit, 2001 to probably about 2000, um, I'd say like eight to nine, uh, people would, I guess probably later than that, 2010 or 11, but people would do the workout on CrossFit.com. And then in the comments, they would post how they did in the workout. So they would say, Let's just say the workout is Helen, which is a 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, and 12 pull ups, three rounds for time. And so people would post their scores and to allow you to better understand how their specific workout went, they would put RX in there. And so, and, and actually, RX was posted, I believe, in the workout. So the RX or prescribed weight and run and that kind of stuff. And so it's just a way of really allowing people to know how you perform the workout. And um, now RX has become more than just that. It's become kind of this um, identification or this marker of uh, what you can do and not so much. Um, well, maybe not even that. I'm not even phrasing this correctly. 
um, it, it, it has become more of I'm trying to get to RX and once I've gotten there, then I've arrived from a fitness standpoint uh, because these two letters R and X tell me that I'm fit. And so um, I just want to have a conversation today about that and really begin to dig into um, maybe redefining um, that term for you um, as far as at my gym and then ideally outside of my gym because I don't know that uh, many people would disagree with me on this. I'm sure there are some as um, there's a lot of people out there that disagree with everybody. I think they're called trolls or something like that. And they're not the cute furry ones that sing uh, Justin Timberlake songs. Um, so um, Chris Beeler, who is a longtime CrossFitter, he has coached seminar staff. Um, he has a gym in oh Park City's Utah, I believe. Uh, but he had a post and I, I screenshotted the words um, of this post and I'm going to read them. So these are not my words. They're Chris Biller's words. He goes, after owning an affiliate for ne- nearly 12 years, teaching over 300 seminars and helping countless people online via email, it's a good question because the question is, what is RX? So now here's his answer. What air quote RX is in my mind is maintaining a stimulus of the workout. That means meeting a goal, time or rounds, finding the balance of technique and intensity and training that has longevity. And then he goes on to talk about how he hasn't used the term in his gym in years. They don't, he doesn't use it on his online platform, icon athlete. Um, anyhow, so, uh, and then he finishes with this, get over the weights, the reps and get off the high horse, find the intended stimulus, meet it and continually work to improve it. And so that's what I want us to talk about today. I could not like that post more, uh, than one time. Um, because it wouldn't allow me on Instagram. Um, but anyhow, that's what it's all about. That's what RX is. RX is, um, not for Helen, you know, using running 400 meters using a, you know, let's just say it's a 53 pound kettlebell and doing 21 pull-ups. Um, the prescribed amount of work is right there. The time frame and the stimulus for that work is, you know, really in that less than 12 minutes of work. And I don't think that's crazy to ask. I would even, you know, I'm a little more ambitious sometimes when it comes to these things, as far as uh, wanting athletes to work, you know, create a faster time, Um, obviously hitting all the standards and stuff. But um, the, the point of that Helen workout is just pure outright conditioning you know, running those 400s hard. Um, if you're running two minute 400s in Helen, um, that's not really prescribed. Um, I'm not saying you're a bad person. And I think that's where I want to take this conversation is RX is that feeling that stimulus. And so how can we, uh, really detach ourselves from feeling like you're less than if you're scaling a workout and making a modification. And so, um, excuse me, (coughs) pardon me. Um, so if your run for 400 meters is going to take you over two minutes, then scaling that workload down so that you can, um, move at a pace that allows that 
the total amount of work to be completed in a specific amount of time to give the stimulus that's desired would be the most ideal scenario. Um, maybe swinging a 26-pound kettlebell instead of 53 will allow your swings to be unbroken. Um, and then maybe doing six pull-ups instead of 12 pull-ups allows you to move through the workout and um, hit that stimulus. Something I think that uh, gets lost too often when it comes to scaling and uh, RX and whatnot is, um, I'm going to pull this quote up real quick, is it is a balance of technique and intensity. And so I think oftentimes um, people have this idea of, well, I can do it, so I should do it. Um, we had a workout today that involved um, four rounds of a 200-meter run. Some, or I'm sorry, it started off with 35 wall balls, 200-meter run, um, 35 kettlebell swings, 200-meter run, four rounds. The goal in that workout was 20 to 25 minutes. And, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that I saw today that were choosing objects, wall ball, kettlebell, and um, choosing something that they could do really good quality reps for about 20 and then after 20 reps, those kettlebell swings started becoming bent arms. Um, all of a sudden, we're kind of pulling it and not driving in our hips. Our wall ball depth became a little questionable. The wall ball target height became a little shorter. And then to get those last 15 reps, we compromised, um, you know, compromised the movement quality. And that's something we don't want to do in a workout. Now, we do want to balance it, though, with the intensity. And so I don't want you to move at a pace in which you're not able to, you know, really make your, make you sweat, make your body, um, have to work for and to burn some calories. Um, I don't want you to move at a rate that, you know, prevents that from occurring, doesn't ever get you out of breath, doesn't get you sweaty, um, doesn't have you moving at a pace, um, that would elevate your heart rate, but I also don't need that to happen, um, so fast and be so erratic that we're sacrificing and cutting every corner just to move quicker. And so there's a, there's, there's a little bit of a gray area there of how do I move with intentionality? And then also how do I move with intensity? And I think that you have to become better at regulating that yourself. Um, and then having conversations with the coaches that you have around you. Ideally, you have a coach that's coaching you on a daily basis. If you don't, you should really look into that. I know not everyone has a budget to maybe do that, but um, there's a lot of options even online. Having somebody to uh, talk with you about your programming, talk with you about the workouts that you're doing, so you can have a better understanding of what's happening. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that could do the workout Helen. Um, that I was talking about earlier, 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, 12 pull-ups. Um, and they could even complete it with the prescribed weight and it might take them 25 minutes. And, um, you know, maybe that sounds extreme, but I think there are people out there that would attempt it just so that they could say that they did it RX. Um, and I, what I want us to do is really take a step back. And like I said, I know that example is extreme, but I want us to think about um, what it, what is the intention of the workout? What is the programmer 
trying to get out of the athletes. And so um, if you were to see Helen pop up and uh, you're kind of wondering about what's happening, what does this work out? How can I make, you know, what is the intention behind it? So um, that intention is fast runs, a kettlebell that swing or kettlebell weight that you're going to do 21 swings unbroken, a set of pull-ups where you're going to hop up to the pull-up bar and knock those pull-ups out unbroken, and then be able to, without resting and walking out the door, um, for those of y'all that have to walk outside to run, um, you're you're going right into that run with a hard sprint. Um, and, you know, the thing with Helen, when done properly, the stimulus is terrible. The terrible feeling, I should say. Um, my fastest Helen time is s- mid-sevens. Um, I want to say it's like 7.39. I know I've done a 7.59 before back in the day with Dustin Andrews back in like, oh gosh, uh, 2009, 2010. Um, and then the last one, um, that mid-sevens, I think it was like 7.39. Let's just go with that. really doesn't matter. Uh, was done with Tucker. And uh, he and I did that workout, Tucker McLemore, back in probably 2013-ish, 14. I don't think Dawson was born. So it's been five years um, that I've done it that hard. Um, Now, that's not a boast because I know that there's um, some sub-seven-minute Helens, which is absolutely insane. Um, Just some that that's just insane. That's a lot of work, but the feeling after that workout, and that's what I'm getting at the feeling after those two attempts, um, of the workout, man, there was, I didn't want to talk to anybody. didn't want to have a conversation. Couldn't pick anything up. My legs felt like they're going to fall off. I couldn't catch my breath. And I was the intensity of that workout. The stimulus from that much work rocked my body. Now, on the flip side, I've also done a nine and a half minute Helen. And that stimulus is totally different. I mean, coming in off that last run, uh, casually picking up the kettlebell. Uh, that last run was probably like 2.30, two minutes, probably not 2.30, but probably two minutes. Um, you know, knocked my pull-ups out. I was out of breath and tired, probably sat down and you know, kind of laid there for a little bit, but a totally different feeling. And that's an example of what is the stimulus. Now, for me at that time, um, you know, when you look at how can a workout be that much different with a two minute difference in time, but it's, it's very, very different, especially with that short of a workout, you're looking at 25 to 30% of the workout long or being the workout being 20 to 25 to 30% longer because of two minutes of time. Um, maybe that's some bad math, but close enough. So when we think about that idea that we want, um, the stimulus to be the same, something else to consider is, and maybe we take the idea of stimulus out, but who's doing the work in our body or what's doing the work? What energy system is providing the fuel for the workout? For something like Kellen, that is going to be like pure glycolytic 90% of the time. 
it'll be oxidative a little bit here and there, but glycolytic meaning sugar. So that is a short, hard, hard effort of a workout. Um, and the uh, design of that is glycolytic. Are we, you know, to drive the glycolytic pathway, to drive our uh, anaerobic capacity for that time frame, and to drive our body's ability to work on that time frame. Whereas if we stretched it out, um, and you still air quote did it with RX, weight and reps and everything, and that time sitting in 13, 14, 15 minutes, well, now we're most likely, if you're moving at that pace, you're going to be oxidative, you're going to be aerobic, and you're going to be getting a totally different physiological workout. Although from a physical standpoint, 400 meter run, 21, 12, three rounds, you're getting that physiologically, biologically, it is a different workout. Um, and with it being a different workout, different calories are burned, your body's going to react different and your preparation for the next day or the day after may be completely different. Um, depending on your programming, you may only have a couple glycolytic workouts each week, meaning short, hard workouts. If you turn those constantly into aerobic workouts or oxidative workouts um, by trying to do too heavy, too many reps or something like that where you're resting a ton, well, now you've totally changed the stimulus for that workout. Um, and so that's where having a conversation with a coach, trusting the coach, and also understanding and trusting yourself. You don't, you're not as good at judging how well you'll do in a workout as someone else. All right. So what I mean by that more specifically is we often overestimate what we can do before the workout even begins. There's uh, countless times where I've had conversations with people. Hey, I think you should do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, Oh no, coach, I got this. I'm like, okay, uh, let's talk back, you know, meet back up after the workout and see how it goes. Almost all the time, I, as the coach, end up winning that conversation. Just as my coaches win that conversation with me. Um, so why does that happen? That happens because we have it stuck somewhere in our heads because we've read it, we've seen it, we've experienced it. This idea that if we don't do it RX, we're a big old wimp. All right. Um, that we are not as good as everybody. We're a failure. And we have this idea that if we just do it RX, then we're going to accomplish the task for the day. And I dare say that is specifically for the programming for my gym that, you know, the prescription is less about what's written on the board and more about the quality of work, the quality of movement, how are we burning calories, how long are we burning these calories, and what's the fueling for that. So going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um you know, more than anything, we need to really just know what our current state of fitness is and understand that small steps get us to where we want to go. We, we often like to uh, just dogpile these goals and these ideas of getting better and just, you know, go zero to 100, floor it, try to get to them as quick as possible. And what we often lose sight of is that it takes a long time to get successful results. And that long time is relative to the goal and relative to where you are. 
but nothing happens just because you will it. Oh, I just really, really want it. So I'm going to do, I'm going to buy all the gear and I'm going to just work out a whole lot and do all these things. And gear's great. Working out is fantastic. Doing stuff is awesome, but it takes time to get results. It takes time to get where you want to go. If you want to, for example, get a pull-up, well, doing kind of crappy assisted pull-ups is not going to be as beneficial as doing some nice, smooth, kind of uh, better quality ring rows, which would be scaling and not air quote RX if it said pull-ups. Once again, it really is RX because it is your capacity. So instead of being bummed out or trying to cut corners to get that pull-up, I would just suggest embrace where you are, embrace where you're at, embrace the process, fall in love with this idea of I'm going to be hanging out with ring rows for five to five to six weeks to get stronger so that my pull-ups aren't crappier, but they're actually better. Or maybe you want to get better at running or rowing. And let's just take rowing for example. Then I want to challenge you to improve your rowing technique. I want to challenge you to learn to control the rate of your stroke. I want to challenge you to control your breathing. I want you to get really good at rowing 10 minutes without opening your mouth to breathe, but breathing in and out of your nose. Um, That sounds silly, but what that's going to do is allow you to become more aware of your movement, understanding the hinge and the catch, um, and then also improving your aerobic capacity So that when you get into a workout, you're able to control that um, and control that better. Um, Let's say you want to get better at back squatting. One of the first things I would take you through is core work and mobility, not going in and squatting five times a week. Most everybody at our gym is strong enough. Here's your hot take for the day. Most everybody in our gym is strong enough right now. You do not need to get stronger. Now that doesn't mean you don't want to, but you don't need to get stronger at squatting, for example. Um, Other areas we need help with desperately, but you don't need to squat more just to be stronger. What we probably need to do is improve our mobility, improve our core strength so that then our squats not only get better, but become better movement. Um, and when I say better earlier, not only do they get stronger over time, but you, you actually move better. The better you move, the stronger you'll eventually become. What we don't want to do is cut corners, try some uh, Russian squat program just to get stronger, and then we end up getting injured. Um, so those were maybe a little tangenty. Uh, I moved our recording today or I moved my recording, I should say, not your recording, or our recording. But I moved my recording today to the bedroom, so I'm like literally sitting next to my nightstand, and um, we had an electrician come in to do some work at the house. And so he kind of bumped me out of uh, the dining room. <clears throat> so got a little tangent there, which most of y'all should be used to. Um, we're wrapping this thing up, and... Um, I want to just leave you with that thought that I got into a couple minutes ago is just know where you are and be okay with where you are. Embrace the process. Don't try to rush anything. The more you want to rush it or the more you try to rush it and the more you try to get to 
your place of success or your goal, um, the, the faster you try to get there, potentially the more corners we're going to cut and the slower we'll actually get the results. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will be back next week and hope to talk to you soon. Take care.